my god, they killed Kenny! You bastards! Hey there, Attack on Titan fans! Welcome back to the Attack on Titan After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Tonight we are talking about Season 3, Episode 10, Friends. We're going to be taking a trip down memory lane as we all talk all about Kenny's backstory and, of course, talk about the coronation of our Queen Historia. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Uh, I I never thought this day would come. I loved him so much. I'm so You know what? He had probably the most peaceful death of anyone on this show. Kind of, sort of, maybe. I mean, he was only half burned and, you know, had a large hole in his stomach, but super peaceful. I mean, in comparison to being eaten by a titan, yes. He got the courtesy of a final monologue, which, let's be honest, a lot of characters in this show don't get. A lot of characters get a very abrupt and very, very painful, brutal ending. So I'm just grateful that you took my request and played Rhinestone Cowboy because this is legit why I started calling him Rhinestone Murder Cowboy was this song. (laughs) Well, I figured we wouldn't really... There would never, ever be another opportunity to play a song like this because, guys, there's only one Kenny. He's gone. Now, now there's no Kennys. Now there are no Kennys. No more. <laughs> there are no Kennys. But anyway, hey there, Attack on Titan fans. Welcome back. We are feeling a lot of feelings on this week's episode of Attack on Titan After Show. Let's not waste any time. Let me go ahead and introduce my fantastic panel to my left, Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. To her left, Veronica Valencia. Hey, guys. To my left. <laughs> I'm Megan Salinas. Guys, we are going to be keeping an eye on the hashtag ABTVTitan for all of you watching along live. Katie's got you covered on the live chat. We want to hear your guys' thoughts on this week's episode. Although, before we get started, guys, uh, we've said it before. We're going to say it again. No manga spoilers, please. We we enjoy seeing this show unfold as it happens. Uh, we love talking about manga comparisons. That's fine. But guys, if you, it's going to be a spoiler or if you even think it's going to be a spoiler later on down the line because the manga does things in a little bit of a different order, please, please, please keep it to yourself. We like being surprised uh, and we like making authentic predictions about what we think is going to happen. We've been spoiled before. Please, please, please be cool. No spoilers. If you do put a spoiler in chat, I'll ban you from the channel. (laughs) And you'll never see us again. And that's sadly the best that we can do, because the murder cowboy I would have sent after you is dead now. So... Also, even if you're joking and you say spoiler and then put something after it that cannot be confirmed or denied, given what has been happening in the show, I will take it as a spoiler and I will still punt you. Don't do it to yourself. Like, just don't do it. We ran across this a couple episodes ago, and someone got real mad because they were joking, and like, I couldn't tell you were joking. Don't do it. Looked to yourself. like a spoiler to me. Don't do it to yourself. Don't do it to us. And guys, I hate that we have to waste time every single week to delve into that. So, I please, mean, there's always someone new, and it's nice to lay out the rules so yes, that they don't inadvertently indeed. screw it up. But there have been people who have been around who should know better. So, oh, guys, don't be that guy. 
And it All looks right. like we have a little bit of news to start things out, and I kind of want to see the link on this. Oh. Uh, Attack on Titan schedule update. Season 3, Part 1 will end on October 7th and will continue oh. the next 12 episodes in 2019. So oh. that's from Suzu AB in chat. Please do us a favor and put a link in the hashtag ABTVTitan because you can't put a link in chat. Wherever you found that news, please send us the link because I want to be able to confirm that. Yeah, I... I yeah, that's not necessary. That's definitely more gossip side on on our end in terms of the news and gossip segment until we get verification. But thank you for letting us know. We love hearing that stuff like that. So mm-hmm. please keep us in the loop. Uh, include that link if you can. Uh, so yeah, guys, let's go ahead and get into this episode. Uh, what did we think? N- initial thoughts on on this because it's a very different type of episode, but one we've sort of been getting quite a bit of this season. I mean, I think you said it best. It was emotional in all forms. Like the whole, obviously with everything going on with Kenny, it was very emotional. And then there was happier emotions towards the end. And then WTF emotions towards the very, very end. So just a lot going on. But I dug every moment of it. It was pretty great. It was It was a lot of fun to watch. It was, yeah, very emotional. I, mm-hmm. Kenny is not a character that got a lot of emotions out of me, aside from, <laughs> yes! So, uh, to emotionally invest in a character who is, for the most part, a full-on sociopath and a serial killer was interesting. Well done, show. Well mm-hmm. done. Yeah, it was It was fantastic to step into his mind space for a little bit, to to see the rationale he had regarding his status as an Ackerman and to see his sort of thoughts and ambitions and to see, you know, his views on friendship. They were all very interesting to see from his point of view. And it's one of those things where now, like... This is something that television does sometimes, is that they'll kill off a character. And I think anime does it a lot more than Western television, but um, but Western television definitely is known to dabble in this as well, where it's, we'll establish a character, and then after it's too late for that character, we go back and we give you the, we give you their backstory to make their death have more emotional resonance to it. So we get a lot of cool motive still murder. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And we've been building up, we've been building up to this a little bit cuz we've been getting uh bits and pieces of Kenny's backstory up until this point. So to have finally everything all laid out for us to see was very gratifying and to ask to actually have a lot of um people in this flashback also being gone, you know, Rod Reese is gone, Yuri's gone, Frida's gone. A lot of these people are dead, and you know, Sanez is also very Aww, much in like Sanes. he, you know, in a bad I place. Mean, he's a different flavor of gone. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Let's be so, real. Uh, so it's and and of course all the members of his squad. So it's it's interesting getting a, a flashback where we get to see his journey. And to see, you know, not necessarily from beginning to end, but where it's important for us to begin for him. So I I very much dug this episode. Andrew uh, Gibbons in chat says, wish they'd done the flashbacks earlier, mixed in with other episodes, and we got an episode that moved the story forward a bit more. I can understand feeling that way. I can understand that interpretation. I can't say I agree with it. 
I liked having this episode where we kind of got to stop and take a step back because this entire season has been kidnapping and is he going to get eaten and what's going to happen and serial killers and God knows what else. And then accordion titan. My <laughs> favorite bless. titan. Your favorite titan. And so it's nice to have an episode where we can just kind of go, okay, we're going to take a minute. We're going to learn some backstory. We're going to relearn how to breathe. And we're going to get our bearings for the next episode. Well, So yeah. I, I liked having that moment to breathe halfway-ish through the season. And I feel like that is necessary because if you're just go, 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 go all the time, you wear out your audience. Two things. I completely agree with what you're saying, Kitty. I liked how we had this episode to take a step back and just kind of, I mean, we always enjoy it, but just like catch our breath take a moment from all of the hecticness that has been happening. Also, if there were I feel like if there were flashbacks in other previous episodes, I'm not saying that they wouldn't affect us. I'm just saying like having them all here at once is what made the episode more special because it was all wrapped up in a nice little package. And I also what I also loved about this episode was it didn't just focus on Kenny. We also got a little insight into the Ackermans and into Levi, which I feel like learning that is definitely going to help progress the story going forward. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, to be honest, I don't know where they would have inserted more of Kenny's backstory uh, looking back at the rest of this season because there's already been a lot of exposition and there have already been several episodes dedicated to other characters' backstory. Historia's gotten several episodes explaining, uh, you know, what led her family to this point and even establishing Yuri as a character. You know, it was important to establish him as a character before establishing his friendship with Kenny. And, you know, and... You know, we had that whole backstory for Irvin, and it's important in terms of laying the groundwork and fleshing things out in terms of backstory, because I feel like that's setting up pieces for things further on down the line that we'll be getting into, which we'll talk about at the end of the episode, because boy, howdy, do we see some familiar faces. I'm sure you're happy. Ah, uh, yes and no, for a lot of reasons. Um, but before we, we dig into this episode, we have a quick announcement for you guys. Hey After Buzzers, our network produces after shows for nearly all your favorite TV shows. From dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more, there is no network that works harder to serve television fans. But we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you and you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about pesky notifications, don't be because they're optional. So hit that subscribe button now for this channel and check out our other AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know you did so in the comments and we'll thank you on air. For now, thank you for being the best fans and for helping us be the ESPN of TV Talk. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you guys are the best. So thank you guys so, so much. All right, yeah, let's go ahead and get into this. Kenny and Yuri. I never thought we'd see Kenny really be friends with anyone, let alone the sort of consciousness of the founding Titan. What did you guys think about not only this initial meeting, but and the fact that Kenny tried to assassinate him, <laughs> but also how their friendship developed and how this ultimately sort of shaped Kenny's motivations this entire season. 
this makes a whole lot of sense to me, just from that initial meeting, because at this point where we see Kenny, he's already a serial killer. He's already become this person. He walks he's, around in a blood-stained coat just casually. And I mean, <laughs> he grew just up... just his normal attire. It's a little memento. <laughs> anyway, I'm it's sorry, just, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, it's a pretty good indication. It's it's, it's how he lives his life. It's his hockey mask, or, it, like, it's how He's he like, does the thing. Every notable serial killer has to have a gimmick. Freddy has his sweater. Jason has his hockey mask. I wear this bloodstained coat. <laughs> and this cowboy hat. <laughs> and that's just and that's, that's just me. <laughs> and that's the silhouette that you see coming and go, yeah, okay. Okay, time to run. Uh, but no matter how fast you run, he will walk and he will catch up with you. He's, somehow we've conflated him with a horror movie monster now, and I'm down. Okay. And that also means that he'll be back in the sequel. We uh, we, we need to talk about Kenny I got Yuri, away from that. But I do want to ask, uh, which horror movie monster do you guys most equivalent, equivalent, do you think is Kenny's equivalent? Because I'm thinking Freddy Krueger. Michael Myers. Really? Hmm. He's got a body count of over a thousand, and it's specifically slit throats. A hundred? Yeah. Still a lot. Uh, And it's specifically slit throats. Yeah. Which says knives Hmm. to me. I think Freddy Krueger, because he just has so much personality, and he enjoys what he does so much. Because he's a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. He's better with kids, though. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) At the top of my head? Oh, gosh. I don't <laughs> I don't know. I felt like I I don't think at all really this would be his equivalent, but just because no one has said it, I would say scream. Like, Ghost okay, face. face. You know what? That's, That's not a bad perfect. one. That's not a bad one because he again he's got a lot of personality. Uh and uses a knife. And he a uh, a passion for what he does. So that's a good. That's a good equivalent. Ghost that's is just a good such someone a else. Show, someone else shows up next episode in the trench coat and the cowboy hat, trying to be because uh, uh. <laughs> Ghostface is always different every movie. Sorry, there's only one Kenny. But all right, yeah, it's let's get, beautiful. Let's get back to Kenny and Yuri. But yeah, he's he's already become this terrible person, and he knows that he's the dregs of society. He grew up under the city, which is basically as close as you can get to hell without being eaten by a titan, like. He knows who he is, he knows he's not a good person, and he just kind of wallows in it. And so meeting Yuri, meeting this god, meeting the true king, and then having them apologize for what was done to his family and bow to him, even with Kenny's knife in his arm to say, I'm so sorry for what happened, I hope we can make amends. Like, that is a show of compassion that I doubt Kenny has ever received mm-hmm. in his life. I was going to say, I felt like it was, the entire episode, I felt like he, he kept calling himself trash. And it was the first time he probably saw someone be compassionate towards him and not treat him like, like dirt, trash. Like trash and like dirt. And so that was a very big moment for him. I also felt like, just from Yuri's standpoint, we've also kind of seen this with the story and with Rod Race, but I feel like Kenny probably sees, like, the original Titan as this godlike figure. Obviously, he kind of mentioned that. But I feel like with Yuri, you really see how the power of this Titan is just such a burden. It's not a blessing. It's a curse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I still have a lot of questions about, um, you know, the collective consciousness that is 
the you know the founding titan how much of that is the founding titan manipulating things and how much of that is is just the collective and also yuri seemed to know that the world that they currently were living in wasn't going to be around for too much longer and i don't know if that's him seeing the writing of on the walls or him having sort of a a precognitive sense of dread or if that's you know just straight up living a hundred lives or however many it's been in the 100 years leading up to this if that's just sort of the collective recognition. yeah the collective being able to recognize that change was on the horizon and understanding that even being able to manipulate uh, powers in the way that they do. It, it's possible, too, that he, he was aware of Grisha not, and I have no idea if I'm pronouncing Aaron's dad's name correctly. I, I think that's right. Aaron's dad. I, I got called out on it a couple weeks ago. Um, but, like, I have, it's possible that he knew that something was going on there, or that um, you know, there were other forces outside the walls that were making strides to, to dismantle their society. Or he's prescient. Yeah, yeah, no, there could be any number of things, but he seemed to be under the impression that this world was not going to remain as it was. And you also get this sense of sadness from Yuri, too, that, like, hey, I did my best to make a paradise. And, you know, it's no, the world we're living in is nowhere near that, but that's what I tried to do. And, again, you can kind of take that with a grain of salt because you're also king of the castle right now and keeping people prisoner, and we still don't know what your true motives were. So it's like, mm. You could argue, too. Like, some people can argue that maybe his genuine feelings, he did want to create peace, he did want to create a paradise. And then some can argue that he was just too influenced by those who came before him, by the power of the original Titan and by... You know, all the family that have said, this is the role you have to take. It's no if ands, yeah. ors, or buts. And and they've called it brainwashing. Yeah. Like, the power of the first king and that original titan. Like, you have to wonder how much of it is Yuri's personality and how much of it is this personality that's been passed down. And it's interesting kind of looking at this change in personality as, you know, the power being passed down from Kenny's perspective. Because Kenny sees it as, you know, his friend Yuri, the person who bowed to him, which BTW, another sidebar, that visual of the Titan bowing in the same way uh, that that uh, Yuri was bowing. That parallelism was so good! Great visual storytelling. Um, but also, you know, seeing the quote-unquote good person that Yuri was, because we also very much get this strong indication that the true king is the leader of the church, that this person is the one that all of the priests actually worship. You know, it's not the walls or the titans in the walls. It's this person. It's the true king. It's the true ruler. Um, We very much get that indication. Uh, So that's kind of an interesting revelation as well. But he's looking at Yuri preaching about compassion and kindness, all while committing secret murders for Yuri in order to maintain the status quo. Uh, And in, in agreeing to work for the king, he's clear, basically removed any persecution that the remaining Ackermans are going to get for, from here on now. Um, or at least in theory, that's what's going to happen. Because that influence has been missing from the church now for five-ish years, more than that. Five, ten years? 
they a were, chunk of time. However long Aaron's had it for, which I'd say five. It's been five-ish years five-ish since years. the wall five-ish fell. Years. Yeah. yeah. And that influence has been missing from the that peaceful, compassionate influence, at least what he was preaching, has been missing from one of the most powerful political bodies in the walls. Mm-hmm. Not a good thing. I know this kind of um not to I don't want to get like off course here, no, but just no, no. because Go for it, it just because it happened in this scene that we're talking about, something else that I found very interesting that was maybe the cause of the Ackerman's perse- persecutions, I could be totally wrong, is the fact that one of the things Rod immediately said to Yuri was, You can't erase his memories because he's an Ackerman. And mm-hmm. I just found that so interesting that maybe this is what makes is in part what makes them so special, is that they are not influenced. Yeah, yeah. Um, they had mentioned that a couple of uh, families were not influenced by the mm-hmm. Titans' power, and that Mikas has got it on both sides, from the Ackerman side and from her clan side. So the, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll. It's a little early to jump over to Levi's side of things, but one of the Kenny's, one of his dying words were, you know, the reason that the Ackermans uh, were persecuted was because they outwardly opposed the king. And we can probably assume that it's because, hey, they remember what the world was like before this all happened. Uh, But that's interesting that one of the families that was initially set to protect the king uh, then rebelled against him and then were persecuted. And now it's come back around uh, that that, uh, Kenny has, in a weird way, been able to make peace with all of that by agreeing to work for the king again. But something he notices is that when Yuri dies and passes on the, the powers to Frida, she, he could tell by looking at her that, like, my friend is still in there. My friend is still in there. And now her personality has changed as well. And she's preaching just like he did. And this is where he gets the really warped, misguided uh, idea. idea that basically has shaped his his journey this season. And that's, could someone like me become a good person if I were to take that power? And that's his whole motivation. Yeah, sure, the the power and being king and, you know, becoming a smart titan definitely ties into all of that. But what really, truly draws him to it is I I could be a kind person if if I were to take this power for myself, like I would become what this what Frida has become right now. I could be as good as my friend Yuri. And that, to me, is such an interesting motivation for a serial killer. Not in terms of, like, his motivation for for killing, but just in terms of his journey and his goal for this entire season. Because I just thought he he wanted to be King Titan. Mm -hmm. It's less about being king and more about being capable of being good. And the thing is, I firmly believe that he could have been a good person, in different circumstances. Absolutely. He grew up yeah. in a persecuted family in the backside of hell. Like, the, the underground is not a good place to live, which we saw in these flashbacks. And I think that was a lot of what helped make him into who he became. So you always have the capability of becoming good. I think at that point in his life, he didn't see it in himself. It was at the point where he thought a very large external force would need to be the impetus for him becoming no. good. Like, I'm too far gone, but 
Maybe. You can always choose to change. You can always choose to be different. But again, as you pointed out, Veronica, he views himself as so low, as so, you know, as as garbage that that he's not capable of changing. In his mind, he's like, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah, I agree. He he thinks he's so low that, and granted, I guess the grand scheme of things, these aren't groundbreaking, like, um, um, ultimate goods. But he never saw the small things that he did do that in a weird way were good. The fact that he would visit his sister. The fact that in a weird way he taught Levi to protect himself in the underground, basically. He might have not raised him with love and compassion like a parent would, but he taught him how to survive. And giving his squad something to believe in. Yeah. Like, his squad was completely disillusioned when he was put in charge of them. Like, all right, well, there's Titans inside the walls now, and we did our best, and we're still here, and it still sucks, so what's the point? Great! Let's change all that! Let's go! You've got this great big charismatic man in front of you, and suddenly life feels worth living again. It's almost kinder that they're all dead, Ooh. as opposed to having to see the man and the dream die. Uh, the it's interesting be, again looking at him taking control of his squad um, because this is a man who's killed a lot of MPs mm-hmm. now being in charge of a group a of, M- of MPs of, MPs uh, yeah. a group of MPs who MPs who are being like their orders at this point are to murder children like let's not forget our boys and girls are just that they're children mm-hmm. and it's their job. To take out these children. That's terrible. <laughs> That's pretty bad. But yeah, with the fact that he, he looks at them and wanting to give them a dream. And also, I really love what he had to say about like everyone's drunk on something. Some mm-hmm. turn to actual drink. Some have hope. Some have their dreams. Some people have love. Some people seeking power everyone's drunk on something. And that's just such a Kenny sort of way to look at the world and how people choose to get by in a very, very cruel environment. Mm -hmm. Deep deep down inside, obviously, he wants to be good. But I also wonder if he just wants to live. Like, right now, he's not really living. And obviously, if that's what he kind of sort of wanted in the back of his head, there was no way of getting that with the first king or the original Titan because you literally see Yuri's life being sucked away from him, which I guess is a side effect of having this power. Years, we just years don't years know. We don't know. We don't know because he just he refers to, to Yuri as deteriorating because of disease. We don't know if that's tied into the original Titan or not or receiving these powers. Or which, if Yuri just told him it was disease and it is actually receiving the powers or being a Titan shifter or we don't know. We don't know. We don't know, we don't know what the long-term ramifications of becoming a Titan are. You know, we just know, yeah, it would not surprise me if, like, being a shifter titan very much shortened your lifespan because it's a lot of energy to have, to, like, spawn all that mass and to be able to regenerate limbs and all this other stuff. But I could also see the flip side of it. It was, was like, maybe it turns you effectively immortal. I could totally see it deteriorating your life or making you live forever. Well, and Uh, both, which would be horrible. Definitely both, but I think... Something that could be argued is that with the original Titan, you are having to support the memories of hundreds of people who came before you as opposed to just a normal shifter Titan who's kind of just supporting themselves. Yeah. And potentially being possessed. Yeah. So 
It's a lot of yeah. mental strain, too, and that'll age you quick. Yeah, who knows? That, that very well could have a physical and mental effect on one's body, which is, yeah, yeah, which might be why uh, Frida had to do it so young. Mm-hmm. That could explain that sort of thing. Um, but anyway, um, before you mentioned Levi and Levi's mother. And before we get into that, I want to talk to you guys really quickly about iTunes. Folks, thank you so much to everybody who's gone to iTunes. Do rate, subscribe, leave a comment. We love hearing from you. It's the best way to let our producers know that you guys like the show that we're putting on. Uh, we like to give shout-outs to people who do leave comments. And we don't have any new ones this week. But guys, go ahead and get those in there. And we will give you a shout-out on the show. We also love hearing from people in our international iTunes, um, which we can't see. So if you guys have... Uh, and international iTunes and you want to leave us like a review, go ahead and take a screen cap and put it in the hashtag ABTVTitan because we love hearing from our international audience as well. It blows my mind that there are people in other countries. First of all, that there are people who want to listen to us at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's 82 of them in chat right now. Hi, guys. Hey, y'all. Hey. And the, the fact that we have an international audience, too, is also mind-boggling to me. So thank you guys so, so much. It means the world and it helps keep... The lights on helps us keep us at this table. So thank you guys so, so much. Um, yeah, let's talk about Levi and Levi's Levi. mother. So uh, Kenny's he, Kenny goes to visit his sister, Kushel, who, as we learn, has apparently been sick for a while. And then he walks in and she's dead. As it turns and out, she's apparently been dead for a while. We have no idea how long she's been dead. We have no idea how long Levi has been wasting away in a room so with sad. his dead mother. I'm going to say less than seven days because a week of dehydration, no, three days of dehydration will kill you. I have a question. It's entirely too long, whatever the answer is. Yeah. I have a question. And this might just be like, maybe I wasn't paying attention enough, but in the translation, the guy was like, oh, she hasn't sold in a while. Yeah. Do do you, do you? Yeah, Maybe. they mentioned in a previous flashback that, that she, she was she a prostitute. In, oh, okay. Yeah, she worked yeah. in a brothel. Okay, I this just didn't is, catch that. A this, sex worker. Yes. I figured um, I didn't catch it. This is, this is absolutely Kenny going down to her, her place of probably room, board, and business um, to go visit her. And again, as we hear, she's been sick, and we don't know what she's died from, but we can make some assumptions. Um, in the underground, it could be it could be literally anything. But yeah, she got sick and without money, and you know anybody else to be able to like sit down and take care of her because we know her brother wasn't checking in a whole lot, um, and that she was sort of distant from the rest of her family as well, and just being an acro- like she wouldn't even use her name uh, probably to protect her son. I have That's to smart. wonder how long it's been since Kenny has checked in because he knew that Levi existed because we had that previous flashback where there was talk about, yeah, she's pregnant and she wants to keep it. She's crazy. So yeah. he knew that this was a factor, but he didn't know Levi's name. He seemed surprised to see him there. Like, it's been a chunk of time, hasn't it? Yeah, and so he takes him in and he's like, yeah, I, I'm not a... I'm a monster, but I I don't, like, I'm not so terrible that I'm going to let this kid starve. I kill adults, not children. Come on. This kid is family. Yeah. Yeah. Like, obviously, killing children is not something we put past Kenny because he was this close to killing his story, you know, in her flashback episode. But, like... This is this is his own flesh and blood. The, and we don't know um, how close he and his sister were. I, I imagine that, like, 
you know, life might have been different at one point in time. He and his sister might have had hope, you know, when they were younger. And then they just slowly but surely over the years had that hope beaten out of them just by how cruel life is. So, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, I feel even if he wasn't closely related to him, being his nephew, if he was a distant relative, like I'm assuming Mikasa is, I feel like just the fact that he's an Ackerman would be enough for Kenny to feel like he needs to save him because I don't, they're like, they're dying. It's, there's not a lot of them and he doesn't, he he's doing what he's doing to stop them from yeah. being killed. Like, I imagine Kenny has a lot of conflicting feelings regarding his family and his family's name because they're being persecuted for reasons that were not his decision. I imagine that was like a couple generations ago were the ones that made the decision to defy the king. And so mm-hmm. it was never something that was, you know, where the ball was in his court. He just had to live with the consequences. And so... It, it, I'm sure for him it's a it's a combination of like ugh this, like it sucks to be an Ackerman but at the same time uh, and probably a lot of resentment for his ancestors for making that choice and making their lives all all the more difficult but at the same time there's probably the sense of well we're also all in this together mm-hmm. you know you know none of us asked for this so we're just gonna you know I might as well take him under my wing and teach him how to fend for himself but he also has this. Sort he puts up this wall too, because again he thinks he's garbage. He thinks he's a terrible person. Which let's be honest, he, he is. is. He is not a good role model. <laughs> and his, I mean, it. He sums it all up in his dying words. Because as he's lying there, um, with the the Titan, uh, with the Titan formula, he has the ability to extend his life at least for a little bit. As a titan, he knows that, you know, people in the walls will probably kill him immediately. But, like, he has the ability to extend his life for a little bit longer. And as a mindless creature, he has that option, but he chooses not to take it. And when Levi asks him about it, you know, he he goes, oh, he doesn't really give too good of an answer. But then, can, but then Levi wants to know, hey, why did you abandon me? Like... We're apparently my last name is Ackerman, so you know, what were you to my mom? And then, you know, finding out that Kenny's his uncle, he's like, mm-hmm. Why did you leave me? If if we're family, why did you leave me? And it Kenny's dying words absolutely sum up everything we need to know about him, I think. And that's just like, I'm not supposed to be a father. And mm-hmm. like, because he doesn't think he like he he feels like he lacks that inherent goodness. So he's like, I can't be a father to this kid. And so he turns and walks away one day. And it's as simple as that. And it's as heartbreaking as that, too. It's heartbreaking to think that he could never be good. Find a small thing that would make him good. Well, here's the thing. He has the opportunity. Again, you can choose to change at any time. But he has an opportunity. So in terms of, like, a narrative, he has an opportunity given to him um he gets a second chance in the form of this kid it's like you didn't have to teach him how to fight how to hold a knife how to you know get along with other people (laughs) you could have done your best to teach him to be good you could have tried to change yourself but that's the thing is as somebody who felt like he was incapable of change he was like I can't teach this kid to be good. However, he was good enough to teach him to survive as opposed to just letting him die, which would have been very easy. Yeah. And that's something. 
Yeah. Exactly. That shows that there was some inherent goodness in him, or at least it wasn't all garbage. That said, still a serial killer. Still, still, still crazy. Still killed like, a lot of we, people. We can, I, and I don't want anyone to mistake this. Like, we can sit here and we can talk about the sympathetic parts, and we can no. talk about the opportunity to be good, and we can analyze the character, and that doesn't mean that we condone any of his actions. Cool like, motive, still murder! Still murder. <laughs> and I just, I feel the need to lay it out there because I worry about someone listening to that and going, oh, you support Kenny. And I'm like, I appreciate oh, no. him as a character, but nah, man, he's a serial killer. No, he, by, uh, he, uh, no, by his uh, own no. assessment, he is a garbage human. <laughs> yeah, he <It's>, is. <laughs> and not like, oh, he's a garbage human. It's like, no, no, dumpster fire. No, he's <laughs> Murderous he's, dumpster fire full of knives. All of that. He is all of that and more. And it's just in this episode we saw something yeah. else. I yes. think it's a great way to put it. Yeah. There was unrealized potential and it will forever remain unrealized. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's still a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he'll forever be. A serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny the Ripper. I mean, the best the best thing he ever did was teaching Levi to fend for himself. And in a lot of ways, giving Aaron a fighting chance was also a really good thing. Yeah, but that was more about being a jerk than doing the right. (laughs) It was, but But it was still a good thing to do. And I feel like for Kenny, he would probably make the argument that the best thing he ever did for Levi was leaving him to his own devices to make his own choices, as opposed to continuing to be an influence on him. Uh, because again, he has that low of an opinion of himself and an unwillingness to change. Yeah, he is a fascinating character. He's but, still not a good yeah. human. I would, at that point of who he was, I would agree with him that that was the best thing yeah. he could have done for Levi. Just because he was garbage, he was <sighs> this killer. He wasn't. He thought in himself he was never going to change. So I agree with him in that sense. I, I can see where he's coming from. In my mind, I'm like, no, you get your shit together and you change. But as somebody who was never going to change, he probably did. That was probably the best action he could have taken as someone mm-hmm. who's never going to change. Or, I don't know, leave Levi on, I don't know, a rich person's doorstep. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> do something. Uh, but anyway. That's we, assuming a rich person would take him in. And I don't know about gambling on that. But um, He was we, a feisty kid. We we do have other other things to to touch on in this episode. Like guys, talking about changes and the capacity to change. There are big changes going on Woo-hoo! inside the walls right now. Like the coronation of Queen Historia. Yes, Queen. Yes, yes Queen. Queen. I got, not gonna lie. I was so moved when she's there in mm-hmm. in her crown. Mm-hmm. In, you know, her whole royal garb, and she gives the salute mm-hmm. to everyone who's mm-hmm. there. I want to uh, know who did her hair. Yeah. Honestly. It looked pretty great. Like, uh-huh. who, who there had the skill set to be able to do that? Oh, like, my bet I, I want to know. Hanji uh, could figure it out. Well, I mean, if they're in the interior... <laughs> Honestly, I bet it was Hanji's uh, right-hand man. Oh! If, <laughs> if they're in the interior, like... There's gotta be There's a There's going to somewhere. be a hairdresser, let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, and we, we have this moment, and we, we were talking about a little bit about how manga comparisons are okay. A couple weeks ago, we had a manga comparison where uh, Levi was apparently much, much harder on Historia 
for not necessarily jumping at the chance to be queen. Uh, and apparently, like, he was much more severe with her. And so that made the moment where Mikasa said, hey, you can deck him and there's nothing he can do about it when you're queen. Um, that made that moment all the more impactful because it was very much Mikasa standing up for his story. And, I um, just loved everyone freaking out about it. Like, oh, oh man, she did it! Oh, yeah, God. and that's the thing. Is it we, was the puniest thing, though. It was so <laughs> cute. But I wanted to pose the question to you guys. Without that additional context of him being more cruel to her, does this moment fall flat? No. no. Okay. I, you, Go ahead and give your thoughts. <laughs> it's because Levi has been an authority figure over her for years. He is feared by the Scout Corps. He is respected by the Scout Corps. And she's been his subordinate for a chunk of time. She has to assert herself. She has to prove that she's she can still listen to reason. She can still take in people's opinions. But she's not anyone else's subordinate. And she proved that with Irvin by going against his orders. But he also kind of had like, all right, you have my approval. I can't like, stop you. Wink, wink, wink. wink, wink. Like, I can't believe she really did it. Wink, but, wink, wink. <laughs> but if Irvin is the one in charge, Levi is the dragon. And going against the dragon is always much, much scarier. But it was the cutest. It was so oh, cute. Oh, yeah, it was. But it also needed to have... And seeing everyone else freaking out about it because, oh, God, she did it. She punched Captain she Levi. Did it. But and then- Mikasa just like, yes. But then... <laughs> The moment that truly terrifies them is seeing Levi smile. And that is terrifying. Is he I in love pain? He I gives, don't see that expression on him often. He gives a heartfelt thank you. And because mm. even even without the the additional context of him being cruel to her and her, you know, getting back at him because he, he can't he can't do anything about mm-hmm. it now. Um, these kids have given so much to try to enact the plan that Irvin has set in motion that Levi believed in. These kids have given so much and given Levi so much trust. And, you know, uh, it was just very nice to see him, like, smile and acknowledge how much they've dedicated themselves to making this a reality. So mm-hmm. that was really great. Um, really quick, guys, uh, we get that very heartfelt moment, and then we hard cut! Like, <laughs> Oh. To the armored titan cracked and like, oh, just beaten, beaten to a pulp. To on one hand, the, we're happy to see him. On the other guys, hand, we sure are seeing him Bert in some Holt bad condition. Had to pull him out, and who is responsible for this? None other but the beast titan Hohenheim? Question mark? <laughs> we don't know. I'm just, I won. We're not going to go save Annie yet. We're going to go get the coordinates, as is our priority anyway. It's, it, it's more of a get in gear, boys. We have priorities. Again, maybe it's just something that I missed. But was anyone else questioning where they were? I assume, they're by Aaron's house. Yeah, yeah, I assume that they're in that portion of the wall that is overrun by Titans mm-hmm. uh, yeah. because of the hole. Especially um, with the, the hole, hole that they made. Yeah. <laughs> but especially with the whole we'll just chill here, he'll come to us because now, oh, he has the arm he has the crystal ability, they're gonna go out there eventually. Not that these guys know that. 
just been waiting for Reiner to come back in the show. And the first shot of him we get is just beaten to a pulp. Careful Uh, what you wish This show is so mean to me. It hurts you too much in one episode. Well, I'm I'm wondering (laughs) what their relationship is to the Beast Titan because he referred to her as, as you pointed out while we were watching it, he referred to Annie as Annie Chan. And I don't know if that's being used as a term of endearment or if that's very much condescending to these two boys of like oh yeah we'll go get Annie Chan like mm-hmm. I because I everybody knows Bertolt has a crush on her mm-hmm. I assume it's endearment I don't know man we don't know this guy's relationship to them and he did just kick the crap out of Reiner I don't know but it's also it's, just signifying someone younger than me and as we've pointed it's out, true. they are all still children. They're very, very young. But anyway, oh, go ahead. I mean, this is just a random thought, but it's just, and maybe to the fans out there listening too, sometimes I feel like I, because this series is so mature and because these kids have had to endure so much and they've had to grow up so quickly and with everything that they're facing, I forget that they're children. Yeah, yeah, I definitely do too. I often think of them as just young adults, but yeah, they're I fifteen mean, year olds. Exactly. Let's be real. Anyway, we have to wrap up for the evening. Veronica, where can people go if they want to find you? Yeah, hey guys, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at it's me Veronica underscore V. You can also catch me on the Anime After Show. Right now, we are currently covering My Hero Academia season three. Catch that on Tuesdays at six. Katie. You can find me wherever the heck Emir was in that scene. Yeah, uh, what well, are you? <laughs> Miss, we don't know. Miss not appearing in this show. Exactly. I guess. But in the meantime, I'm Katie Cullen, and you can find me all over the social medias as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaje. That is K I A X E T. I am also on an Overwatch podcast called On the Point. And I'm Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Mengman. That's T H E M E N G U I N. Just follow me on Twitter. You'll keep up to date with everything I'm doing. Thank you guys so so much for watching. We will see you all next time. Our founder Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me Maria Menunos would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first; we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.